Melanie D. Flynn went missing on January 25, 1977, in Lexington, Kentucky. She has not been found, and no one has been charged in her disappearance. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? It is going well. This week it's flying by. It I surely is. we're already on our Wednesday cases. Right? I know, it's going quick, you guys. It's going quick. It really is. I mean, partly because there's so much happening in some of our big cases. That uh, every time I turn around, there's another update. Like yes. case updates tonight are going to be insane. They there are. so much going on. I think there that's is. part of why the week's going so fast, because I can't even believe how much is rolling out. Yeah, just staying up with it. There's a lot. So you're going to definitely want to hang out later on tonight, Wednesday at 7 oh. p.m. Mountain for case updates. Oh, Daybell, Carly, Arion. Yeah. Stuff in all Bunch three. of stuff. Yes. So we will have lots of that to share. But before we get there, we have lots to share with you in this episode. We so, do. Katie, I think we're going to start with a little bit of weird crime time. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if I should put this under weird crime or what category, really, but we went with weird crime because it was the closest one we really had to this case. This is a case update of sorts, but I think it's really worth hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may remember Andrea Yates. How could you not remember Andrea Yates? Oh, my gosh. Andrea Yates, of course, was the mother who, at 37 years old, in 2001, drowned all five of her children in the bathtub. Yeah. This happened in Houston, as soon as she did it, she called 911 repeatedly. She called her husband. She, you know, she never tried to hide her crime. She was very clear about what she did. She was actually diagnosed with postpartum psychosis and schizophrenia, as well yeah. as severe postpartum depression. I mean, she was a rare case of For extreme, sure. but she also had five children really close together and uh, hadn't really recovered. Uh, emotionally or mentally as the pregnancies progressed, I think. And there were a lot of reasons, but uh, this was a crime that really rocked, you know, the the country. It was a horrible thing. And she had even described how some of the older kids fought her, you know, and tried to, you know, save themselves. It was just a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And people were so angry at Andrea Yates and so horrified by what she had done. Rightfully so. Um, except for that Andrea was out of her freaking mind. And it's just so sad. She knew she wasn't safe to be home with her kids. She had actually uh, said that repeatedly, that she didn't feel safe with the kids. And nobody was listening to her. They weren't listening hard enough. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have guessed when she said that, that she would actually murder all five of her children, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Nobody wants to think that that could happen. So her trial was in 2002. And initially, you know, she did confess, but there was, you know, the question of her mental health all along. The prosecution really wanted the death penalty. Uh, but of course, the, you know, the defense was arguing her, uh, her mental health. And eventually, initially, she was convicted in 2002 of capital murder and sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 40 years. But her attorneys came back and appealed the case and got the verdict overturned. Mm -hmm. And then in 2006, they retried her and she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. This is Texas that they had the uh, insanity plea, you know, right. Some of your states don't. Idaho does not. But Texas, at least at the time, did. Mm -hmm. um, so she was remanded to a state hospital, Kerrville State Hospital. It's a mental facility uh, in Kerrville, Texas. Mm -hmm. So she was remanded there more than uh, 15 years ago. And every year she has the right for a reevaluation to decide if she's ready to be released. And right. every year she waives that right. Uh, Andrea Yates could be free but she's chosen to not be. She feels like this is where she needs to be. Mm -hmm. uh, she's happy. Her attorney says that she wants to be where she is and that there really isn't anywhere else for her to go anyway, that this is good. And it's also, true. I mean, where, yeah. where would she go out in the world? You know? Yeah. And her husband uh, eventually did divorce her and remarry. I'm mean, no big surprise there, you know? Uh her attorney said that she grieves for her children daily and that she frequently watches old home videos of them. I mean, she's fully responsible for what she mm -hmm. did. She, she takes full responsibility for what she did. But one of the things in the People magazine articles that I read that just really, really got to me, he, her attorney said she spends her time making aprons, cards, and gifts in the craft room and anonymously sells them. And the money goes to the Yates Children Memorial Fund, which her attorney and his wife, Mary, for, founded and dedicated to women's mental health, uh, particularly postpartum mental health. Wow. So she actively earns money for that foundation. I mean, mm -hmm. wow. Like, my heart goes way out to her. You mm -hmm. know, it's a horrible thing. And of course, there's no excuse for murdering your kids. No one's saying there is. But... Right. This in this instance, I feel like she's uh, she's done the best she could, you know, to uh, be responsible for what she did. And the right. fact that she has no intention of ever leaving that facility and just waiving her right to uh, have herself reevaluated every year, I think, says a lot. Mm -hmm. It does. It definitely does. You know, for her own safety, it's the best plan. And she may not feel safe in the community. She may question herself, would she ever harm anyone else? You know? Yeah. And if she, you know, at least you can tell that she's got some self-awareness, which uh -huh. not everyone who's been through something like that does. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's actively in treatment there. She hasn't had a baby in 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know, she's probably pretty, you know pretty normal, pretty spiffed up. You know, I would imagine she, besides, you know, the, uh, the, the grief and the, uh, depression and horror over what she did do that will never leave her. Yeah. I would imagine if you didn't know, and you sat and had a conversation with Andrea, you would be surprised to know what was in her past. Mm -hmm. I would suspect that too. 
because of the, she's obviously got some self-awareness, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. And she's actively receiving treatment. So, yeah. you know, she's yeah. stable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she fundraises anonymously for that foundation just really touched my heart. So, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. If you've ever wondered whatever happened to Andrea Yates, now you know. Now you know. Yep. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Yes. This is a cold read for Katie, and this case was requested by a listener. So thank you. We appreciate your requests. You can always go to our website, truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com, to request a case. And, you know, we, we can't get to them all, but we get to the ones that feel like fit what we do. And this is a cold read because this is a missing persons case from 1977. So mm-hmm. we do read cold cases. And this is a very, very cold case. This is the missing persons case of Melanie D. Flynn. So back in uh, 1977, Melanie's dad, Bobby Flynn, was a Kentucky state senator. Mm -hmm. And he talked to her at about four o'clock on January 25th of 1977. And she worked as a secretary at the Kentucky High School Athletic Association in Lexington, Kentucky. And he had asked her to bring some things home for him that he needed. And she said uh, that she would and that she had a doctor's appointment at 530 and then she would bring these things home. So she left work at five o'clock in the late afternoon. She was driving a red 1975 Ford Elite. She was seen um, turning right on Cooper Drive onto Limestone Street there in uh, Lexington. And she never showed up at her doctor's appointment and she never came home. She has never been heard from again. Wow. Yeah. Her dad reported her missing three days later. Wow. Three days? Yeah, I know. I'm not sure why they... Well, okay. So there's some things to know about Melanie. Melanie had 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 a, had had some issues with the law around marijuana use okay. and possibly some drinking. Um, she also had a head injury. She fell off a horse in 1972 and had a really oh. serious head injury. So she had kind of a TBI. She did, and yeah. um, it was thought at the time that it was possible for her to just develop amnesia maybe she just i know this is dumb because that no if she was going to have amnesia it would have been at the time of the accident not all these years later but at the time that was thought maybe she had amnesia just wandered off because she didn't know who she was we've heard this theory bandied about before i mean this is something that you know has been said many times yeah weak little women that wander off and forget who they are Mm -hmm. um so she had about $12 on her when she disappeared. She was supposed to get paid three days after her disappearance and she never picked up her paycheck. Mm-hmm. All of her clothes and personal things were left in her bedroom. Um, in February, on February 8th, the police found her car. It was parked at an apartment building on Hollow Creek Road in Lexington. And... 
this was kind of a known drug area. Wait, that time. was how long after she disappeared? Sorry. Uh, this was so on the 8th of February. So she disappeared on January 25th. So oh, okay. two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, less, less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Her coat was in the car. Um, her purse and her car keys were not. So they never really knew how her car got there or why. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, so a couple things happened. One is that there were supposedly some sightings of her in Do- Daytona Beach, Florida. And, mm-hmm. you know, we hear this a lot with missing persons mm-hmm. that they someone had seen her there between March and June and that they appeared similar to Melanie. And that was never um, verified and they never located her there. So there's real questions about if that could possibly really, you know, have been her. Mm -hmm. Um, In August of 1977, her purse was found floating in the Kentucky river Mm. and it had uh, lipstick perfume and two bottles of medicine one of them was antihistamines. She had some allergies and had to take antihistamines and have antihistamines with her. And so her family was concerned because she did not have her medication with her. Mm-hmm. The thing to know, one of the important things to know, is that at the time of her disappearance, she was working as an informant with the police. Oh, interesting. She was working with a detective named Bill Kanan. And she basically would take him with her to parties and um, introduce her as her boyfriend. And he was working undercover infiltrating the drug scene at the time. I see. He at the time did not believe that their undercover work had anything to do with her disappearance. Mm -hmm. And he also said that he did not have a personal relationship with Melanie. Mm Mm-hmm. Her parents, on the other hand, said that um, he was a family friend and that he was most definitely dating her. Wow. Now, something interesting happened with uh, Detective Bill Kanan. In 1993, he was arrested on federal drug charges and ended up being part of a big kind of a big uh, drug ring that was, Mm -hmm. that had to do, it was called the bluegrass conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And it was a multi-million dollar drug ring that included well-connected members of the community, like police. Mm -hmm. So there are some people who believe that he knows what happened or that he had something to do with what happened. Mm -hmm. Her parents have believed that all along, Mm -hmm. um, but that's never been proven. Mm -hmm. So there, you know, a lot of questions. She um, wanted to be a jockey, uh, like for racehorses. Okay. And also she wanted to be a singer. She went, she had a stage name. Her stage name was Melanie O'Hara. She had been married briefly and was divorced. Mm -hmm. and you know her case remains cold and there's i'm gonna show you a picture of her there's i mean they just they have nothing there's nothing Mm -hmm. and they've never found her body and there was kind of a uh there was there were some tips 
or a tip, I guess, mm-hmm. in nineteen or in twenty nineteen, where police got a tip to search a property along the Kentucky River, um, potentially for her body, and this had something to do with that bluegrass conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So they w- had been they were digging in an area called Murphy's Landing along the Kentucky River. Mm-hmm. And so sources at the time said that the information about where her body was located came from someone who wanted to get something off their chest. However, uh, nothing was found. Mm-hmm. And she continues to be missing. So it's interesting, though, because only just a few years ago was this... You know, there was actually some information. Yeah. And someone, you know, and maybe her body was there at one point and moved. Somebody knew something there that they just needed to and get that that's why their chest. That's what's correct. I, I is what I'm getting. Okay. This is this is her. Mm-hmm. She she was her name was Melanie D, and she went by Dee Dee mostly. By Dee Dee. So those are the details that we know. There's, you know, obviously tons of stuff that we don't know, but I wanted to just kick it to you as a cold read and tell us, what do you, what do you think mm-hmm. happened to Dee? Well, I think I'm absolutely convinced that Bill was involved in this, but I'll tell you, I think she drove her car there herself. I feel like okay. she drove to those apartments herself. I feel like he had put her up to some set her up for something different. You know, normally this was just the going to the parties routine. I feel like he asked her to go to an apartment building and stage a buy or something like that. I okay. feel like this was maybe off the books. It wasn't something that was really necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. what she thought it was. But I do feel like he, she drove there. She parked her car. She got out. She put her keys in her purse. She carried her purse with her. All of those things she did do. I feel like she was supposed to go and knock on a door and have a brief uh, exchange with somebody and that he was going to be watching or something along those lines. Okay. That's where I feel like things went south. I don't feel like he killed her, but I do feel like he knows exactly who did. I feel like they, whoever this person is that he had her set up to knock on their door, mm-hmm. that they knew that he had set this up or that he, they saw him, something about this went wrong mm-hmm. and she got killed in the process. Mm-hmm. And I actually do feel like that's interesting because I was feeling like there, the river was involved in this some way, water was involved in this some way. Mm-hmm. I, what I believe happened is that she was buried in that spot that, you know, they tossed her purse, they buried her uh, near the river there. And then mm-hmm. later on, I think that Bill moved her. I think he knew where she was buried. And I feel like he got nervous down the road and he moved her. Uh, okay. I feel like he's known all along, all along. And of course he was quick mm-hmm. to say, oh, it had nothing to do with, with this. And we really, you know, it's not like we right. were babies or anything. None of those things were true. But right. I do think there was enough corruption that that was easy to, you know, mm-hmm. just substantiate. There was a lot of kind of don't ask, don't tell kind of uh energy there, I think. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like, you know, like the detectives that were trying to get answers on this case were really uh, stymied by bad information and, mm-hmm. and lies and, you know, people covering for each other. But I, yeah, I, I feel like for whatever reason, he set this up and not intending to get her killed, but he was doing something off the books and it did get her killed. Mm-hmm. And he certainly couldn't, uh, you know, fess up to it because that would have gotten him in trouble. And so this is what happened. I feel like he lied to her parents' faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so sad. You know, that that's what they think too. Mm-hmm. You know, they have never given up on the idea that he was involved. Mm-hmm. And that's just so sad to go 44 years, mm-hmm. not even knowing what happened to her. Here's you know? the thing. I still think she's buried on the banks of that river. Just not yeah. where she was, just not where they, where they looked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you think they'll ever find her? If they do, it'll be a long ways down the road. I, I don't see that in her parents' lifetime. No, I no. don't. Mm. I don't. But I, I feel like he really, really got away with something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and his corruption finally did bite him, you know, in 1993. Yeah. But it's sad yeah. that he can't have just come out with it at that point so that his so that her family could have some closure or something, you know. Yeah, but the arrogance here is astounding. Really yeah. astounding. I, I think the arrogance of using young people as informants and putting mm-hmm. them in dangerous situations like that is astounding anytime it happens. I do too. I do too. And I've seen it happen with clients, children and put Mm -hmm. them in really dangerous situations, uh, seriously, uh, fracture their mental health. There's a lot of reasons why that shouldn't happen. No, it is. No, they're literally risking their lives for nothing, you know? Well, it's for reduced sentences or, you know, right. Yeah. And that's what it was for her. She had been busted with marijuana and by doing this, she, um, you know, didn't have to do any jail time. But I mean, the risk to her life. I mean, it just like, think about it. I mean, what else in her life would have led her into such a dangerous situation than this situation with the police? It just it makes no sense at all for them to just knee jerk to, oh, well, it had nothing to do with this. Are you kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. she's literally clearly there was a performing on problem. drug dealers, and yeah, yeah. Seriously, there was a serious problem in their town at the time. They had all this undercover work happening. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. But you know, it's just really sad because she was just—I I actually think she was planning on being at the doctor on time. Wow. Or close to it, that she was just going to pop in and do this thing. He told her it would be really quick. Just knock on this door. There'd mm-hmm. be this quick exchange. That's all she had to do. And yeah. Well, it did seem out. like she had, you know, pretty clear plans of what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And this was not, you know, she was not expecting to go mm-hmm. missing forever, for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. She trusted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Well, that is very sad. Yeah. Yes, but, it is. Um, yeah. So thank you for the suggestion mm-hmm. to our listener. And 
there you go. That's what we think happened. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Katie, I know you have a little uh, WTF news for us. So let's hear that. You know, we've heard and we've seen in sports, people get pretty heated with officials. (laughs) There was a case years ago where a dad followed a basketball referee out to the parking lot after a game and beat him to death. These That's things right. happen sometimes. They should never happen, but there have been times there have been, yeah. where violent incidences have happened. And yet again, a violent incident has happened. This happened in Lithonia, Georgia over mm. the weekend. Mm. And I'm going to show you a picture, but I'm actually going to show you the video too. I hope it doesn't get us kicked off YouTube. Oh, but, boy. Uh, yeah. So this was after a youth basketball game. Like, we're not talking like, you know, college ball or even school ball. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. This was just a youth basketball league. And after the game, uh, some players and some fans beat the crap out of a ref. Like, seriously, oh. attacked a man. Holy cow. Yeah. So I'll show you the video here in a minute. Uh, the police were called, but we haven't uh, seen that any charges have actually been filed yet. Okay. This actually happened at a church. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have participated in a few church basketball games that yeah. came a little close to this, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually literally happened at a church, which kills me. But uh, the rep for the church, this is what they said. This slays me. It is truly unfortunate about the turn of events that took place during the basketball game held at our facility this weekend. We open our doors to serve our community, and our goal is to provide an atmosphere conducive for enjoyment, enrichment, etc. While we cannot control people, it is our hope and prayer that those who enter our facility will conduct themselves in the best manner. Uh, Well, bro, (laughs) they didn't. No, and... uh... Probably some people need to get banned, I'm afraid. Right? This was at the Stronghold Christian Church. And it's not the church's fault. I don't want to indicate that it was. But that statement, that's so freaking typical, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I'm going to share you guys the video. Uh, The sound, the people that are filming it, they kind of act like they think it's funny for a minute. And then they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, This is bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is bad. It is way bad. Yikes. I have lots of questions. First of all, 
what the hell were the other referees doing? They were just standing there and some of them were blowing their whistles, but I'm like, uh, you should probably get in there and defend this your man friend. Is Hello. on the floor being kicked in the face. Yeah. I mean, the girl kind of gets over there kind of like, you know, but I could not believe the other man that just kind of walked in front of the whole ordeal. Like, yeah, like, uh, you want to help your buddy over there? Is That's... this normal? I mean, that absolutely slayed me. I had to bring that to WTF News because WTF, Georgia, are you kidding me? Yeah, holy cow. Yeah. So there well, you go. Hopefully they know exactly who all those people are and they get in some trouble. You can't just beat somebody up like that. Even if you don't like the outcome of a basketball game, come on. There has to be some accountability here. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah, that is not cool. No. No, and the fact that it's filmed and all over the internet now, uh, you know. Well, like everything no else. You're talking your days. way out of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely not at all. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll definitely update that as we, if we yeah. hear what goes on with that. And hopefully that ref is okay. Yeah. Gosh. He kind of was fighting off the crowd there for a minute, but uh, there were too many of them. Got him down on the floor, and that's scary. It's scary because he was injured, but it could have been so much worse. He could have been killed. People die from things like that, and from less force than you'd think, Mm -hmm. you know? Getting stomped on. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. And and hit and kicked in the the head and the face and stuff. Yeah. But that's no joke. That is really serious. Yeah, that's quite the deal. Mm-hmm. Very scary. Well, hopefully that ref is okay and there are consequences for everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, this is our Wednesday episode. So we'll be back tonight, of course, with case updates. You already know we have tons coming, so you don't want to miss that. Yeah. 7 p.m. Mountain, uh, live streamed on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, we'll be put up after the fact for everybody that can't make it live. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Thursday is the Psychic Hour at 7 p.m. Mountain, mm-hmm. also live streamed. And it is the first Thursday of the month. So we're going to be doing yeah. marching orders by Sunshine. It's going to be so great. Lots yeah. of great content this week and lots more coming. So mm-hmm. be sure to like, subscribe, share, and comment. That helps us to grow. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care.